Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, we are back, and uh, Devin, uh, you can tell me my headset here. Are we uh, live with uh, Steve Simon? You sure are. Okay, Steve, I'm so glad we could get you on a relatively short notice. You and I uh, have something in common, and I would guess that is that our both phone calls came when Sid Hartman wanted to talk to our fathers. <laughs> That's right. It was just the way I was introduced to Sid was as a, as a little kid. Uh, you know, my dad, Ron, was a sports agent, a sports attorney, and he had a lot of clients uh, who either were from Minnesota or played for local teams. And you know, we we would uh, have dinner, and he would like not not infrequently call during dinner to get a scoop. And this is, of course, before cell phones. This is before voicemail, even. And my chair was closest always to the phone. And my mom always said very strictly, hey, we're eating dinner. Yeah, you can pick up the phone, but you take a message, okay? I'm a little kid. <laughs> and I always did that. Of course, my mom would glower at me if I didn't. And uh, But when Sid called, I just was powerless. He was just, he was just relentless, not rude, but just persistent. You know, he'd, I'd get on the phone, I'd say the usual, you know, he can't come to the phone right now. Can I take a message? And he would say, well, what's he doing? And I'd say, well, he's uh, he's eating dinner. And he'd say, well, you know, tell him it's Sid Hartman. This cannot wait. It's urgent. I got to talk to him. It'll just take a minute. And I was, it was like I was powerless. I was hypnotized. And I would hand the phone to him. My mom would glare at me, you know, because I'm supposed to take a message. But that would happen not infrequently when I was growing up. Eric Gusko, why don't you jump in the conversation? You're very familiar with the Office of Secretary of State. Well, Mr. Secretary, you were in the Minnesota House during the stadium era, I guess you'd call it. And I wonder if uh, you could relate to the audience uh, the kind of pressure and uh, insistence that Sid put on getting a stadium. And I wonder if it uh, did these stadium bills pass because of Sid or in spite of it? <laughs> you know, uh, maybe a little bit of each. I said, you know, I was in the legislature for 10 years and it's interesting. I mean, he was absolutely a relentless booster. Anytime you wanted to build something sports related. I mean, it doesn't matter how large or small. Of course, you know that. I always say this, truly. I'm not just saying this because I'm on the show right now. I Honestly, if I got this question from a school group, they always say, well, what is the most intense issue you know, you faced? And I am serious. I always say this as my answer. It's never the ones you think, the hot-button social issues or taxes or anything like that. Literally the most intense issues, I always say this, were the stadiums. People on both sides, people on both sides were so intense, vowing that if you didn't vote their way, either should build or shouldn't build, you know, I'm going to campaign against you. I will do everything I can to see that you're out of office. Um, 
people were super intense about stadiums, and Sid, Sid was no exception, obviously. He just had a much bigger megaphone. Steve, I got a, a text message from somebody who said, ask Steve who some of his dad's clients were. When you said some of the bigger names in, in local sports, uh, you meant what you said. Yeah, I mean, you know, like Paul Molitor, Kent Herbeck, Brad Radke, uh, those are some of the baseball folks. Uh, he had Dan Gladden, he had uh, Greg Olson of the Atlanta Braves. In fact, we still have the frame. Sports Illustrated during the 91 uh, World Series did a cover uh, of Sports Illustrated one week where it was a famous home plate collision of Greg Olson, the catcher for the Braves, and Dan Gladden. By the way, Gladden was safe. Uh, and they're just all, they're, they're crashing. And he had them both autograph it because it was two clients uh, running into each other on the cover of Sports Illustrated. In football, he had Keith Fonhorst. He had Scott Studwell. He had Ahmad Rashad. Uh, in hockey, he had Neil Broughton. He had Reed Larson. He had, I'm just riffing here, um, and it was really fun uh, for me growing up as a kid. I had a pretty good autograph collection, um, but uh, but yeah, he he really and he loved the work. I mean, he absolutely loved the work and loved that he always had a Minnesota connection, either Minnesota teams and or Minnesota people playing for other teams. Yeah, Eric, go ahead. How intense was Sid in trying to convince your dad to give him scoops, and how insistent and persistent was he? Well, I, I, it was the kind of thing where even as a kid, uh, I was hearing just one end of the conversation, obviously. Um, but, you know, he, it was, uh, you could tell he was, um, he was just a force. There was no question about it. Now, look, I mean, I, uh, let's be honest, it was, uh, it, it was probably a, a symbiotic uh, relationship, right? Because uh, Sid got some scoops. My dad got uh, his client's uh, narrative of their bargaining position in a in a prominent column. So if there was a tense negotiation going on between the North Stars and Neil Bratton or uh, Kent Herbeck and the Twins or something like that, you know, my dad got to tell his side of the story and have Sid, Sid printed. So they both got something out of it, I bet. But but Sid was absolutely relentless. Because you know, uh, repu- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sid's Sid's modus operandi was often with uh, ownership. But here he was uh, doing the doing the players a favor. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Well, it is true. My dad would chuckle, and he would chuckle. He wasn't annoyed by it. He got it. I mean, Sid was a homer, mostly for the for the owners, no question about it. Um, but but he would, you know, write fair stuff about the the players' perspective, and um, and he, my dad just got a kick out of Sid. He really did. You know, uh, if people are familiar with Jerry Maguire, that was not your dad. I don't think there was maybe a, a more polar opposite than that world <laughs> depicted of Jerry Maguire. And your dad, a contemplative, quiet, thoughtful kind of guy. I, I think a lot of people who knew him would be shocked to know that that he, that he was not only a, an agent at the time, but a very, very successful agent, but just did it a different way. Yeah, very different personality. And when that movie came out, I think it was 97, 98, somewhere in there, the Star Tribune did some sort of article on it. And one of the graphics they did had my dad and Tom Cruise side by side, which gave my mom bits of laughter and all of us as well. They're very unlike one another in many respects, but that was sort of a family joke, you know, that they incorporated the Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire carry. There was like a photo and it was like Cruise and then Simon uh, right next to him. Eric, how about a question on uh, and, uh, Steve's official role? Uh, he's become very public this election. <laughs> well, sure. Uh, we've had a record amount of early voting, and, of course, people are wondering if there'll be a result from Minnesota on election night. 
and maybe give us a status report on the overwhelming number of people that are voting early or absentee without uh, without cause. Yeah, let me uh, let me start with that second part. Um, it's off the charts. I mean, Minnesotans are clearly telling us something that uh, probably because of COVID, they they really in, in great numbers want to vote from home, have the ballot coming to them. And the latest number is if you count the folks who have ordered the ballot and the folks who live in small towns where they automatically get the ballot, uh, we got about 1.7 million Minnesotans who have already, you know, basically signed up to vote that way. To put that number in perspective, we're expecting probably a little north of 3 million voters. So that's, you know, easily at that point, probably uh, over half of the voters. You never know, right? In terms of the election night stuff, there's a special rule in place this year uh, that says you can postmark your ballot by election day as long as it gets in a week later. And so by definition, that means that we're not going to have 100% of the results on election night. And Minnesota's in the same boat as many states in that respect. And so it's just going to look and feel a little bit different this year. But that's by design. That's not a screw up. That's not someone not getting their act together. That's the way it was designed this year by the legislature, by the courts. And so it's just going to take a little while longer. That said, so a a really large majority is going to come in on election night. And I suspect in most contests, we're going to know winners. We're going to know outcomes sooner rather than later, either election night or pretty early on. I don't think very many contests are going to be waiting for the last day and last hour and last vote on day seven. Steve, we appreciate uh, your joining us. I've got your dad's book on the shelf around here. I think I'm going to move it up again. I read it when it came out. It was a terrific book, probably available at quarter price book these days. But if people <laughs> want to know what uh, what the, the life of a, an agent was like with a yeah. lot of familiar names, I remember how much I enjoyed that book when it came out. Well, you're being modest, Dave, because I first met you when his book came out. It's called The Game Behind the Game by a local yep. Minnesota publisher. And you didn't just read the book. You helped him. Uh, on the PR side, in, when it came out in 1993, expertly, and you did a fantastic job, and your firm did as well. That's where I first met you through that. So, yeah, it's called The Game Behind the Game. It's really fun if you're into Minnesota sports. And I actually got to write the chapter titles. That's my oh. contribution. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe uh, maybe we'll contribute mutually to a resurgence uh, <laughs> in sales for The Game Behind the Game. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> Steve, thanks uh, so much. And obviously, uh, this station will be very much in touch with you as the election comes up. Hard to believe we've been talking about it so long. It's only nine days away. I know. I know it. Back to work. Thank you both. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.